Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. My name is Pete. And my name is Diane. Hello, Diane. How are you today? Not too bad. I feel like my body has been sent for a loop just because today I left our apartment and it was eight degrees Celsius and raining. And when I came home, it was minus eight degrees and snowing. It's a blizzard. Yeah. And I think my body was like, what is going on? And I was not well dressed for minus eight and snow. So I think I got a bit cold shocked. So tell me this. This might be a good quality, but when I saw the blizzard, mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, my commute, oh, my this, oh, my that. And, and all I could think about is, oh, my poor brother is going to take a plane with his family. Like they're going to go somewhere really nice where the weather's mm-hmm. amazing. But I was like, oh, that's, that's really unfortunate for them. I hope their plane doesn't get delayed or canceled and then they can't enjoy their trip. That's so, very nice of you. So does that make me... A person that thinks of others? Or am I just not very good at thinking clearly? Well, I think that makes you like a person who thinks of others, just by definition. Stay tuned to find out. Thinking of others. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've had a bit of a a rough week as well. And let's get into this, actually. Let's have some fun with this. So the new job is starting to become like all jobs, where I guess the honeymoon period's over. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Um, But one thing that... It's constantly a problem for me is uh, <clears throat> I, I never really got like fully uh, integrated into the business. So okay. like I think I mentioned to you, but I don't know if I put it in a podcast, but like I'm on a network where I'm the only Macintosh. So IT doesn't know how to get the computer on the network. So I had to figure out how to do that. Right. And this is in a large company with a very solid network. Mm-hmm. It's like impenetrable basically <laughs> and i had to like hack my computer i had to hack it to like so i could even log into it because there was no usernames on it and then i had to hack it into the network and so it's just like i had to do everything myself mm-hmm. and uh it's getting really annoying um so on i think it was tuesday i got a request for uh just a simple hey can you make this update to one of our websites and the thing is, we have uh, our company bought a smaller company, so we kind of like yep. made them a part of our own. But Absorbed they kept, it. but they kept their name, so they have their own website. Okay. But it looks exactly like our website, except a <laughs> oh, different okay. logo. Okay. And a different color. Got it. So if our color is green, their color is blue. Okay. All right. So it's like it looks identical and all that, and it's like I have the ability to log into our website and make changes, but it's like, how do I? How do I do this one? It's a simple change. So I talked to my manager and I was like, how do I edit the site? Apparently this is my job. And they're like, and she's like, I, I have no idea. Right. And then I'm like, okay, I'll ask everyone else. And it's like, hey, how do you guys ever do edits to the site? And they're like, well, I don't think we've ever done edits to the site. Oh, good. It's like, great. <laughs> so where do you begin about that? You're in a company that's global across. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're based in Australia, but I mean... Are they going to know how to access this company that we bought and exists in Canada? I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know where to begin with that. So I meet, I email some people. Their response is they forward it to another guy and like, hey, I don't know anything about this. Do you know anything about this? And then they forward it to another person. 
and they're like, I, I don't have a clue. So they waited a day, and then I was like, this isn't, this isn't helping. So I did some creative searching, and I actually found out how to log into it. Okay. Which is absolutely crazy. I don't even know how I did this. Because I had to find, like, have you ever been to a website where it's like, instead of a www dot, it's a www.abc dot website? No. What that's is how that? You, that's how you log into the site. Okay. So I got that far. Mm-hmm. And I can see that you can log into it and it, I can see which employees are able to do it. And now the previous designer, his name is on there. Okay. I'm like, okay, great. So obviously it was done at some point and it should be my job. And I see another name in there and it's a person I recognize. I go, oh, Marsha. Yes. If I email Marsha and say, if you press, and it's right at the top, if you press that share button and invite me to edit the site, I can edit the site. So please do that. Uh, A day later, Marsha replies and says, if I click that, it probably won't work. What you should do is do is submit a ticket to IT to request access. Really? So then I go (laughs) to IT and submit a ticket. Uh And the ticket says you need to get approval from your manager. Okay. So now it's Friday. Yep. It's been three days. Of the simple request, mm-hmm. and now I have to send an email back to the manager where I started from and say, hey, I did this, this, and this, and this. Um, got to Marsha, who could have solved the problem, but instead of pressing the button, she said I had to submit a ticket. So here's where I'm at. You have to approve this because you're my manager, mm-hmm. and then IT has to get me clearance, and maybe it'll happen. And uh, that's as far as I got. My gosh. So I had to... Uh, before I left today on a Friday, I wrote back to the person with the request and was like, I'm really sorry. And I left the chain of all the people I would talk to. Mm-hmm. It was like 50 emails. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've been really trying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Once I get access, this is going to be easy. Yes. But right now, you're going to have to wait longer. Man. Oh, man. And that sucks. It does suck. Because then the response is, well, it was easy with the old guy. And that triggers me every time. And that just gets me so peeved off because it's like Mm -hmm. the difference between me and the old guy is I don't have access to anything. It's not a skill thing. And when it goes outside of that, it gets so frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, So there was that. And then there was another project I stayed till like 8 p.m. working on and no one liked it. Well, they didn't dislike it. They just had a lot of problems with it. So it was a rough week. I see. Those two things really, yeah, knocked Hmm. me out. Made me a little, little sad inside. But that's okay. I played music. I played music last night on a Thursday. I think that made you feel way better. And now I feel refreshed on my four hours sleep. Mm-hmm. Tell I, me about your music night. Oh, it's great. So good, man. <laughs> we had 200 people watching our stream. What? We had 200 people watching. We were uh, at the top, the top list for music on Twitch that's for crazy. a period. And that was partially because all of the really good people, like we're starting to generate like people who know us Mm -hmm. and uh, top performers on Twitch bring their audience to us because they're always like, you guys are really good. Why is no one watching you? Mm. It's the common, that's always the common thing that we see in the chat log. And it's like, what do you say to that? Yeah, I don't know why no one comes (laughs) to hang out with us. We'll (laughs) remedy that. Yeah. But thankfully, these people who do have an audience, when they sign off for the night, they can take their show and what it's called hosting, 
So they will uh, take everyone who's watching them and they will host us and bring their party over to us. So we got another like 20 followers, another $40 in donation. And uh, yeah, good, good 200 views. Great. Cool. And uh, yeah, my bro set up uh, the ability to make song requests now on our channel, which is really cool. Um, they aren't covers. They're our own songs. So people who've been around for a while can go, oh, I really like that one song. And yeah, so we've had some people, some regulars in there requesting songs last night. It's really fun. It's really good. It sounds like a cool feature. I yeah, like it. It's a blast. How about yourself? What's new with you? Um, what is new with me? Well, I guess I'm officially uh, working in my lab now. Um, I've spent the week um, doing some intensive training. We had kind of day-long experiments where I wanted to get everyone involved. So it takes a lot longer, obviously. Um, but they were really starting to get the hang of it so much so that yesterday they didn't really need me. So I started to analyze some previous data that I hadn't gotten to yet, started to do some other things. I just kind of step in when there's a slight emergency or something's kind of not going quite right and I just come in and fix it. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. Um, I guess one of the reasons that motivated me to stay besides you know, it's a nice buffer period and I get paid and all that good stuff and experience is that I didn't want to leave without having taught everything that I had learned to the next people. Um, and I know I can't teach them everything, but I wanted them to at least see how I did things and how I operated because over four years I'd gotten to a pretty nice, smooth operational state. And I just want to pass that along because there's doing the science and there's also getting organized behind the science. So I always have, like, if we're doing something where we're timing things, I have spreadsheets made up so that we can time things. And I have tubes labeled in a certain way so that they're very easily accessible and things set up just in a particular way because it makes things easier. And rather than have them figure that out over the next two years, I just showed them. Um, so yeah, so it's pretty, feeling pretty good about that. Is it sticking? It seems to be sticking. Um, I don't know how well they understand like the background theory of everything mm -hmm. because there's understanding and being able to run through a procedure and there's understanding where to that number, like when we do the final calculations, because I was also showing them that, where those numbers come from and why we do that. So I don't know how well that has, has stuck, but... Um, Certainly the procedural part of it seems to be sticking. So that's cool. I like that. Do you get like a lot of joy out of creating procedures? I get a lot of joy out of like hyper organizing things. Yeah. I love to organize stuff. Like that's one of those people that likes to go and organize other people's houses. Like when I'm there, I'm just like cleaning things. <laughs> See, I already know that's this. Me. I just wanted to ask that question because I know quite a few people who are like that. And I think I'm that kind of a person too. Uh, the development of like the process sometimes is more exciting than even doing it. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sometimes I get really involved in the idea of making a process. Yes. And I like being a support person. I think that's a role that I really enjoy doing and being part of. And that's really what I was doing this week. So it was really tiring and really long. Um, but also went pretty well, I would say. I mean, we'll see what the results show us in the end. 
That's always the fun part. I think it went well. Oh, gosh, everything's all over the place. Oops. <laughs> we can't use this. Yeah. yeah. Darn it, Marsha. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So I feel I'm happy that it's it's the weekend coming up so I can recharge and get doing a few other things. Yeah, we got a busy, busy week coming up, like with evenings and stuff, too. So, yeah, hopefully we'll have a lot of stories for the next episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, you've picked a topic for us for today. Yes. Which I'm quite excited about. I think this will be an interesting discussion. So would you like to launch into that? I would like to talk about role models. Um, and this came about because I was thinking a lot about, uh, you know, entering my new job and me being a role model for uh, these other students that I'm teaching and just also thinking about who are my role models um, because those people that are my role models are people whose steps I would like to follow as I think about where exactly I would like to go, how I see kind of my life balancing out from here forward because I'm looking for kind of the next thing that I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I thought just, I'm sure you have role models. Who are they? What does it feel like? Are you a role model? Where do you want to start? Um, let's go with maybe who are your role models? Oh, okay. Uh, you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Um, for me, and I'm sure a lot of people in my family, uh, we had a very strong presence in our family who, who definitely was a role model for us. That was our grandfather or in Dutch called the Opa. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I know there was a period in his life that he was probably not the greatest person. You kind of hear a bit of those stories, but that was long before I existed. And those were troubling times like war and all that. But uh, certainly in my existence and the other grandchildren, my cousins and brothers, and well, even extends to the the city that he worked in, mm-hmm. he became a very good role model for youth and even just for like the working class uh, and many, many people. Um, There's a few things I learned from my Opa. One of my favorite memories is I remember one time me and my younger brother uh, went to Disneyland with him and my Oma. Uh, Which one was it? Disney World? Whatever one is in Florida. Um, And I had one of those disposable cameras Mm-hmm. Remember those? Yep. <laughs> so I could take photos. And uh, it, it was jamming up, like not winding properly or mm-hmm. something. So I like was saying it to my Opa. And then I like opened it to like try to fix it. Mm. And it, and there was this funny reaction where it was like, oh, you just, you know how I, an adult would normally be like, what are you doing? You just yeah. broke it, you idiot. Uh-huh. Instead, he was just like, well, now now all of your can- your pictures don't work anymore. <laughs> because you see, what you did is you've exposed the film, and that means that uh, your photos will be ruined. And unfortunately, you can't use it anymore. It's just like such a level-headed, mm. very simple explanation of what had mm-hmm. just transpired. Right. And and that really hit me. I was a, I was a young kid at the time. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> It's like I wasn't even upset about it. Right. Because it's just like, like, oh, oh. well, this just (laughs) happened. And this is what that means. Uh Huh. Huh. I got them developed anyway, though. And I got a wicked photo from the Pirates of the Caribbean 
uh, ride uh-huh. where I got a picture of one of the skeletons and the exposed <laughs> film made this like giant flame right. appear behind him. And it looks really cool. So it actually kind of worked out. But I only got one photo out of the roll. Right. Um, that's just like a day-to-day thing. But I mean, my opa certainly is a role model. Like he taught us about, you know, just how important work is or how important family is. Mm-hmm. And had a general positivity for uh, how to approach life. He was a church man. So, I mean, certainly that was a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was, there was that. And also, uh, this is, I mean, this is something I think about a lot if, you know, we're ever to have children or even with, uh, my, uh, brother's children. It's just like, although not really with them cause they're girls, but I was thinking he kind of taught me what it's like, what, what it should be like to be like a man like what that means Hmm. i know that's such a weird thing to say but there's some important things i don't know it's hard to explain a bro code (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah he embodied what that meant um and how he helped like how he dealt with pain how he dealt with love and family you know i learned a lot from him so and my other grandfather as well who uh, taught me all about humility. He, he was hmm. uh, really good about that too. So yeah, I would say they were huge role models for me. Cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. I'm going to go a different direction and talk about someone who I really looked up, look up to, and that's David Suzuki. Um, I think I have a great respect for him because he's a scientist And I guess you grow up like hearing about David Suzuki and how he's a scientist and how he, you know, tries to save the planet and that kind of thing. Um, But I also have kind of feel a close connection because he's Japanese Canadian and my dad is also Japanese Canadian. And they both kind of went through the same thing as young kids where they were um, interned in British Columbia and kind of lived in these shacks. And then we're spread out over Ontario, usually northern or rural Ontario, um, and grew up in these cities and kind of made their way. And David Suzuki making his way was uh, kind of embracing science and doing science and eventually getting a PhD. And it feels kind of neat to be able to share that fact with him that we both have this advanced degree. Um, But I also just like how he kind of goes about what he does now. So he's still a very big advocate for obviously the environment and we know this. Um, But he also uh, has his TV show, The Nature of Things, where he attempts to talk about and bring the message of science and it's all kinds of different topics. It's not just about the environment. It's a number of different things and he just brings science and these topics to kind of the wider community. And I think that's really, really important. Like um, students in my lab were talking about how they are TAs and they had to teach first or kind of lower year undergraduate students about DNA. And these are students that do not have a science background. The last science course they probably took was in grade 10. And they are just really confused and could not really grasp anything. And this is kind of the basic molecule of life that determines what you're going to look like and 
how you're going to function, basically. Um, and they were just having so much trouble kind of grasping that and I'm kind of thinking there are so many people out there who don't know about kind of these basic science facts. And I think there should be more people that try and bring that to everyone. So I just, I, I have a lot of respect for David Suzuki and for what he does. And I look to him as kind of a leader in how I should be living more sustainably in my life. Yeah, and Canadian representation too, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, one thing I want to say about that, I really love it when someone comes from like strife and the difficult times and can mm -hmm. turn that around and almost are more motivated to like do something really, really good. Because it's so easy to just like let that consume you, like live always in anger of what happened to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazing that <laughs> being interned and, like, maybe connected him to nature or something instead. And, and uh, yeah, he took that into a positive thing and into and, and trying to make positive change instead of just, uh, you know, letting it consume him. Um, I mean, speaking personally, I remember there was a shifting point in my own life where I made that decision where it's, like, for so long, I just felt like I was just beating myself up and feeling terrible about all the strife that was just happening to me. And it just got into an endless loop of just feeling terrible. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn this around. Like, mm -hmm. I was 27, 27 ish, 28, whatever, around there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go do some good things. And uh, I, I think that's incredible. Nice. I like it. Um, I He did mention that in I Have One of His Books. And he talked about being nominated as one of the greatest Canadians when they did the, they did a TV show. Um, and he just thought, I don't think his parents were alive at that point, but he just thought how proud they would be to know that someone who was not treated very nicely yeah. was being embraced by this country and had done so well. So that is kind of cool too. Mm, mm. Shift, shift. <laughs> my leg was falling asleep oh nice i thought i could get away without you know announcing that on the podcast but all right you brought attention to it sorry it was distracting and then i couldn't think of anything else to say okay, okay. <laughs> great uh so so would you go crazy would you would you flip your uh lid if david suzuki appeared on the bill nye show like would that just be like science like too many scientists in one room at once for me just overboard <laughs> Oh my goodness! Do you just have to pause it and run around the room out of excitement. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Well, I generally get excited when someone from a TV show that I liked appears on another TV show I like. So. Yeah, it's true. I you mean. do. <laughs> you go, what? <laughs> and start pointing at the screen like, "What? Yeah. What, honey? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah. So maybe so we talked about someone who's our role model. Uh, do you feel like you're a role model to anyone? Oh, I certainly have been. Yes. I know I okay. have been for sure. Mm -hmm. In what uh, capacity? To who? Uh, like the clearest way would be to think of work. Um, okay. Yep. Because I, I've been a manager a few times now for people who are younger than me. And I've had to be like a teacher of sorts without being a teacher. But like being a manager is very much like a teacher, especially when you know the company is terrible mm. <laughs> and you're the uh, middleman, I guess. So you have a boss who's telling you things and then you have to go to your, 
your poor workers and tell them the message. I guess you're supposed to disguise it, but I was always very transparent. <laughs> um, I remember one of the jobs I was doing is for a music company. Well, they're affiliated with music companies, and I got to work with some pretty cool artists uh, in Canada, like Trouble Charger and Triumph and a few others. Um, but the management was not very good. And uh, basically, they would always hire students at a school, promising them they would get jobs, but they would never pay them. They would be internships, I guess. Um, but I was a manager, and I was working minimum wage. But, you know, they were all hopeful-eyed that they could get hired, too. And it's like, I knew they couldn't. Hmm. Right? So what I did is I tried to turn it into a very good internship program for them. That's how I turned that around. Oh, okay. Where it's like, I want them to get a great experience out of this, because it is a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to... L- not let them down, but like let it very clearly go. No, no, you should make other plans outside of this place. Right. Don't set your heights and dreams on this, but use this to like build your resume or I can be a contact for you and I can write you a a letter or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it was great because I already had a lot of experience in the field. So I could be like, no, this is what people generally look for when you're designing stuff or working on a music video, video editing. I did a lot of video editing teaching, which was good. Um, So that was a great experience. I don't know if any of them remember me, but that was my first sort of mentorship Mm -hmm. scenario. And then it happened again not that long ago at my last job, which I recently left, um, which was just slowly falling apart. They were getting rid of all senior staff, so I very quickly became in charge again. and, And they were cutting costs, so they were hiring the cheapest junior designers they could get, like basically some of them hadn't even finished school. They were hiring them just because they would work for cheap. And it was like totally going right back to that again. It's like, yeah, this is how you can build a portfolio. This is what you should do. If they had like a plan to take certain days off and I knew that that would get them fired, I'd be like, you know, maybe, maybe don't do that. (laughs) And this is why. So, yeah, I, I felt like a, maybe that's more of a mentor, but um, I I think I was being a role model to them. Mm-hmm. Certainly with the work I was doing and um, maybe the positivity I was bringing to it. Because they worked really hard under me, too. Like, this is the difference here. I always hear about your stories at your lab. Mm-hmm. And I find that so frustrating. But, I mean, as much as my underlings made mistakes, they were always trying very hard. Mm-hmm. And I think they saw the effort I was making, so they were doing it too. And, and that meant a lot to me, actually. Cool. I I find a lot that I lead by example, because rather than kind of vocally or being this very like loud, out there person, yeah. um, that I'm more like quiet and reserved. Um, but certainly a time when I feel like a role model is when I'm at camp, especially now that I'm an older counselor. Um And I don't like to, like, we're always teamed up with younger counselors. And there are certain times where I say, okay, we're not going to do that because that is unsafe. (laughs) Um, But other times where I just, I don't necessarily want to just boss them around, tell them what they can or can't do. I just want to show them how I do things or how I approach things. Um, And see if that can kind of instill something in them, I guess. 
Um, so I may not be the most like popular, I guess, just because I'm kind of quiet and I keep to myself. Um, but at the same time, maybe they see this presence and how that helps the campers and hopefully they can learn from something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't even notice that I'm doing certain things. Things oh, just kind of work. that means you're doing a good job, though. Um, That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I hope I've kind of provided some lessons. It is funny that you mentioned the lab because I do find that I'm, you know, a role model and someone that people look up to for advice and how to go forward with things. Mm. But also sometimes they can see what I'm doing and they just don't do it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone needs to lay down the law. <laughs> Yeah. In that case. Do you ever feel like you're a terrible teacher? I'm sorry, that's a terrible thing to say to you, but does that... There, there are times where I just feel like I'm not getting through to people. Yeah, like after you repeat yourself the third time. Yeah, like... and there are some complicated things that I sometimes have to explain that I can tell that they just, they're like, I don't, like, no, not happening. Um, and I just don't know how to explain it or go through it better sometimes I draw pictures because I find that that helps people kind of visualize what's going on mm. um and sometimes I wonder if I'm a bad teacher just because they keep making mistakes yeah. and I wonder if that's me or if that's them and how they work because most of the time I've gotten into the habit now of saying you need to write this down <laughs> I don't want to explain it multiple times. Um, so I've seen them write it down and they just, I don't know, don't read it or don't take to heart when I say, please note every single detail. Cause if this goes backwards, it doesn't work. <laughs> please stop drinking the acid. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So I guess sometimes then I feel a little bit, um, what is the word? frustrated yeah i guess so disconcerted like just mm. kind of like sad or disappointed kind of combined together yeah i don't want to tell you how to do things but mm -hmm. let me share another story with you go for it um again at that last job with the super junior designers i i know there was a time where they were making huge mistakes mm -hmm. constantly making mistakes not following instructions asking questions and it's like you have all the information right in front of you. And I remember there was a time where I just finally was just like, very transparently, it was just like, I just sat down. I was like, okay, look, I'm really confused. I don't know if I'm not being clear. Mm -hmm. Are you not understanding? Like, it's my job to teach you how to do things. So let's just go through this. I gave you an email. You have all these questions. I think everything is very clearly laid out here. And then, you know, we just like go through it and write it all. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I guess it does all make sense. And then and then she was able to take care of it. And I don't think I had trouble after that. Hmm. I don't know if it was because I had to express that I was getting tired of <laughs> having to answer stupid questions all the time. Mm -hmm. Or I was feeling like you're not putting enough effort into it, hmm. even though you're getting paid minimum wage. Um, <laughs> uh that it, it it did it shifted things it did change things she did get better i saw an improvement mm -hmm. have you ever expressed that gone so far to say like actually sit down next to him like okay listen 
I've explained this to you a few times, and I just feel like you aren't getting this, and you're constantly making mistakes. What am I doing wrong to teach you to stop making mistakes? Um, I'm trying to think. I think I am nearing that point with certain people now. I don't think I. I'm trying. Like I'm thinking back to some of the undergrads that I trained that helped me collect some data, and I know a few of them would ask me questions, but they got the procedure down pretty good after a time. And it was just repeating it. And that was it. And that was fine. Um, so I think I'm getting to that point with certain people now because they're not getting the procedure and they're not understanding why they're doing things or what's going on. And I'm not really sure how I'm still learning their personalities, I guess, and how they learn and how they do things. And so I want to be kind of careful how I word things, but also I'm getting to the point where I have to, I think I'm going to have to have kind of a little bit of a heart to heart with them and say, your degree is going to take you twice as long than it should just from basically seeing how you're working right now. Yeah. And that affects them. But what about even like you're costing the lab money for wasting materials? That's true. Is that not going to connect to them? Cause it's, does, it's not about them. Um, it can, it's not like super duper, I guess too, is we have like so much stuff that they can be working with. So it doesn't seem like they're wasting materials, but it, that might be something that I can hammer home. What, one thing um, I will say is the difference now between, you know, a few months ago mm -hmm. is you finished, you're not a student anymore. You're mm -hmm. not a PhD student. Now you're working for the lab. Yeah. And I think in much like how I became a manager and now was, you know, teaching underlings, mm -hmm. I think something does change where you now have an opportunity to go, look, I manage this lab. And this is where I said, you can mm -hmm. talk about things like you're affecting our budget. Uh, you're affecting our time. Mm -hmm. You're wasting my time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause I'm being paid to be here to help people. So yeah, you could get personal with them. I think it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, but yeah, then go into the, sure, your own repercussions. Mm -hmm. um, my prof wants to have a meeting with everyone on Monday, I think, mm -hmm. to address some of these things. Nice. So we'll see if he can kind of set the stage. Then I can work off of that. Yeah, he's good at yelling. Baseline. <laughs> I can work off of that baseline, I guess. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, and kind of one other point that I wanted to talk about is how I'm kind of in search of a role model or mentor mm. as I go forwards because um, I guess I've I'm you know leaning towards kind of shifting out of research academic setting sort of and either going more teaching or kind of going a completely different route and working for a company as kind of an instructional designer or like a, a learning consultant um, and I know there are tons of other PhDs who have gone outside academia, um, but I don't know too many of them personally to really kind of like pick their brain and figure out how they did it. And kind of more importantly is I would like to find a mentor or a person who has kind of done all of this while also being a 30 year old woman, because that is also something that I am not struggling with. But that is constantly in the back of my mind, I guess we'll say. 
That's hilarious. You're not even 30 yet, but it's No, it's I'm fine. almost. I guess just of this age, this particular age and yeah. all the questions that come with that age. Um, and I'm kind of, yeah, searching for that person that I can have these very kind of open conversations with about these particular things because my prof is great, but I think he would like me to go in a certain direction and he's also male. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of my friends, uh, did not do advanced degrees and are kind of at different stages of life, either when they want to go, um, kind of switch careers, go a different direction or start new jobs. Um, and we're kind of all in like a whole bunch of different places. So I really want to find someone who either has gone through exactly what I've gone through <laughs> or is going through that kind of right now. Um, yeah, just someone to really kind of hammer that out, hammer that out with and see how they made that transition, how they made that work. And maybe it will be a few different people that kind of bring perspectives from different angles. And that would be cool. Um, nice. So, yeah. So I think that's what I'm kind of actively seeking. A part of me is kind of holding back on the whole kind of networking and talking and sending kind of emails out just because I would, there are a few things I really do want to get done while I'm in the lab. And I would like to see that those get finished. Um, but I think that's something that I kind of actively want to do coming but, up. In the past, you yeah. have done like these online conferences where yeah. they're really long and it's like mm-hmm. there's all these people talking about what they did with their PhDs. Mm-hmm. I felt like you've been connected to this for a while. Yes. It's not like you, you're you going to just start now. You've been doing it for, for some time now. I have. And I've kind of, I've taken in those, those stories and really thought about them. And now I'm kind of at that stage where I'm like, well, now I have to do something. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? In answer to your question, I am not searching for a role model now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I think that's largely because I feel like, although maybe I'm not good at speaking, I'm certainly, a, uh, I feel very wise. I've, I've lived mm. a, a long, mm-hmm. adventurous life mm-hmm. um, full of so many emotions. So I feel I have a very good back catalog of understanding why, how people work, how I work, and, and things like that. So I'm rarely flabbergasted by the way people are and why they do things. I'm never mm-hmm. really that offended either because I can usually figure it out. Um, what I wanted to say is a little piece about people finding role models mm. and how disappointing it is. Like you'll notice we didn't do it, but a lot of people look at celebrities to be role models. Mm-hmm. And that's a big mistake because one thing we always forget is generally speaking, uh, people in showbiz are flawed individuals and they also have a persona that you see on the TV, which is one thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the real person behind it. And so many people, I guess they call them their heroes sometimes are just so disappointed when it's like, Oh, I thought he was this kind of person. And then you find out they're a sexual deviant or whatever else. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, Oh, she was my favorite singer. Why is She's so stupid in real life and <laughs> materialistic. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's that's the lyrics, man. Aren't you listening? Like, so yeah, I hope you 
if you're a young person listening to this randomly, I hope you're looking for your role models in a, in a better place than your favorite pop star or celebrity, because I don't think they have much to teach you. That's all I wanted to throw out there. Hmm. Interesting point. Yeah. I like it. Well, that was the end of my discussion on role models. Awesome. Yeah. It was a great conversation. I liked it. All right. So if anyone would like to email about their role models and share with the show, you can send us that email at ordinarydaypodcast at gmail.com. We do read them. We love them. Mm-hmm. And we already mentioned your awesome streaming, uh, but all information about uh, Pete's band can be found at fieldprocessor.com. Yeah. Check them out Friday nights. It's pretty fun. Yeah, this Friday I'm going to do a solo show again. <gasps> Always fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that is all for today. So until next time, take one more for the road.